Talking CRM with Jeff and David, getting the best value for the whole organization from your integrated CRM and accounting systems. David Beard, CRM Principal, and Jeff Richards, Head of Training Program Development for Sage CRM, spend time chatting with customers, resellers, and others about Sage CRM in action around the globe. In this episode, we talk with Gary about the story of LabRepco, their acceleration of business under COVID, and how they started their CRM journey with a recognition of a need to improve business discipline. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome along. This is another episode in the Talking CRM podcast series, and we're joined today by a customer from a company called LabRepco, a gentleman called Gary Bissick, who's the senior vice president there, and he's going to tell us about their long history with Sage CRM. So hello, Gary. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So tell us a bit about you. Maybe just give a quick pricey of who you are, where you come from, sure. where you live, yeah, and then our, we'll get our, into the story. Our company is, is based in the colonies. Uh, we were uh, started <laughs> off as a primarily an East Coast uh, corporation and now expanded to uh, the majority of the, of the 50 states here in America. Uh, we are domiciled strictly in, in the U.S. Uh, I have been with the company 31 years now and most recently uh, running sales and operations for LabRepco. But uh, previous to this position, uh, I had been the point person for the CRM CRM implementation for our company approximately 10 years ago, okay. uh, along with our partners. Uh, we did some customization work using the, uh, the Sage product line. So right. that, that was how uh, I am here speaking with you today as the person who was really on the, the front lines of designing conceptually what we wanted to accomplish. And then more, what I found to be more challenging was implementing this great idea to our field sales team. Um, I believe we have everybody with us now, but uh, I think probably most of your your clients will tell you uh, they have various grades of, of adoption from the field, okay. I, especially I, the sales people. And I would love to pursue that later because that's always a great subject of interest. Tell me just about LabRevCo. What do you do? What sure. does the company do? We sell laboratory appliances for research, development, and pharmaceutical production. So most recently, uh, obviously, the world is familiar with COVID. Yeah. We were one of the suppliers of the COVID vaccine freezers. And so that you can imagine that kept us quite busy for the past couple of years. But our primary business is really providing appliances and solutions to scientists, the scientific community, uh, the medical community to, to aid in, in drug development and drug distribution and therapy distribution. So it's pharma, it's biotech, biotech it's, it's labs, academics, it's... it's labs, it's clinical, it's hospitals. It's all dealing with uh, trying to alleviate suffering, help to scientists cure disease. And then once a, a solution is created, then finding the logistics to be able to get the solution out. And we obviously saw that in COVID. You had these ultra cold freezers that were needed that really had never been needed before in a clinical setting. So companies like ours had to then mobilize to get product to customers who weren't traditionally used to buying it. We were very proud of our efforts there. So then it's not just equipment, Gary, is it? It's it's helping customers install it, design right. it. Is, is it the whole series? The... It, yeah, it is. It's making sure they have the right tool for the job. That's where our sales team comes in and they work with the clients to make sure that the, the devices they buy are actually correct, appropriate, what they're attempting to accomplish, both from drug developing side, the research side, pure research, right through production, right through distribution. 
So you've got some stories to tell, and no doubt they'll come out. Let's go back to where we sort of started then. So your journey in getting CRM, where did it start? What what prompted you to look at Sage CRM? So it, it started with an awareness that as a sales agency, which is primarily what we are, we don't build anything, we sell product that others build, that the resident knowledge of that relationship between our firm, our supplier, and the customer resided in one human being, and that was a salesperson. And if that salesperson decided that they wanted to retire, move on to other greener pastures, all of that knowledge went with them out the door. What we were finding was as we got bigger and we went from 10 or 15 people to 20 people to 50 people to ultimately 75 people, we needed to bring some discipline to this process. And we realized that also, oh, by the way, salespeople like to take vacations from time to time. That doesn't stop the selling process. So a customer would call and say, what's going on with this project? And that call would come to a manager and manager A say, well, what are you talking about? We quickly realized we were getting too big to have all of that data in the hands of one individual. So that was the impetus. The, the, the second thing, and, and working with our, our, uh, our ERP provider, our local Sage consultant, we tied into our quoting system and our accounting software because what we didn't want to have is dual entry. So if we got a, a distribution order, everything was smoothly in a common platform. So our CRM talked to our accounting system, and that we found to be extraordinarily powerful just from a labor standpoint. That was, that was it. And once we decided, like, this has to stop, we have to bring a modern 21st century approach to data management. And I, I will confess to you, uh, none of us were anywhere near uh, expert CRM. We just thought of it, oh, this will be a, a modern day filing cabinet. So instead of having the paper, we're going to have this automatic process. And wow, did we find how little we knew about CRM. What were you doing before you started the journey then? Was it literally paper or, you know, a few of yeah. you using apps? If I took the camera, I could show you. We still have them. I keep a couple just to remind me of what it was like. Uh, we had dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of filing caps. And every five or six or seven years, whatever, we would then have a shredding event. And it just, to me, it became overwhelming, right? Forget the inefficiencies, but it just became overwhelming. So when CRM came and uh, our consultant said, guys, you should really consider this, this product, we have Sage, let's tell you about it. It really coincided with our epiphany that we need to get modernized. We need to have corporately more control of our data and our future. Because what we recognized, we were a very parochial business. So in, in the, we, we started in 1978, it is now currently 2022. Our business was two or three people. That would be a big company. In our industry. You would handle London, I would handle Manchester, your wife might answer the phone, my wife might send out the invoicing, and that was the business. Over the years, what was happening, our clients, where they first enjoyed those very small parochial relationships, they were slowly being acquired by bigger and bigger companies who didn't want to know who was in Manchester or Philadelphia or Chicago. They wanted to know what was my Eastern European distribution strategy? What was my Western European distribution strategy? What was my North American distribution strategy? They didn't care the individuals as much as what is our go-to-market strategy on a much more macro level. And 
when you start talking to those types of customers, they want data. They were very quickly realizing the cost of generating lead, and they were attributing a marketing dollar to that, and they wanted to see what is my return on investment. Prior to CRM, my answer would be, well, I'll have to call all these salespeople, and how did this all work out? So you can imagine you, you, your day was spent chasing down data for people, and it didn't further the cause, right? It just and and getting, I imagine, all sorts of versions of the truth as oh well, goodness, right? Yeah, and you're going, yeah. oh. You have everything was left down to the salesperson level. So what we recognized when the folks at LLB brought us this concept of CRM, thought, okay, well, first of all, I can get rid of all my dozens of filing cabinets uh, at some point in time. So that's a really bonus. But second, if we do this right, and if we can get buy-in, I'm going to be able to deliver really, really valuable data. Pretend I was a Sage salesperson and I came to you as the owner of Sage and I said, listen, you know, I can give you all this data. I can provide you with this intelligence, this market intelligence versus you got two people here and two people there and yeah, we'll make some phone calls. So it gave LabRepco a competitive advantage at the time. Obviously, CRM, the concepts of CRMs are now very prevalent and, and most, if not all, serious companies have one or the other or some version of it. But at the time, we were one of the few, if any, in our industry. Even some of our larger manufacturing partners didn't have them. So the data we were able to tell them was, was very, very powerful, gave us a competitive advantage at the time. So it was very much connected to strategic vision of where we want to be in a few exactly, years' time, exactly. right? Not just exactly. as well as solving a problem of filing cabinets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We realized sales are critical. We're a selling agency, and our manufacturing partners wanted to see sales. But managing data also became equally important. And being able to then tie marketing campaigns to how did we do it, then down to the dollar. This is what you spent X number of dollars. It generated Y amount of leads and gave a Z amount of sales. To be able to supply those types of reports previous to CRM, it's all manual. I mean, it's people. People are expensive. I would much rather have my, my human resources out generating money than generating reports. That's an interesting lead out. I don't speak to a lot of companies, Gary, that start from, they talk about filing campus a lot, that's one thing, but they don't talk about marketing as much as I expect. Was that a starting point for your implementation, the marketing side of it? I wish I could say yes, because it would make me look really smart. It wasn't. It became somewhat of an epiphany when we began to use the system. Sometimes you don't know what you have until you really begin to play with it. And again, we went down the CRM path to replace the filing cabinets and to have a little bit more discipline over our selling funnel. It quickly became apparent when we saw the power of this technology. Oh my God, there is so much more we can offer our manufacturing partners. Remember, as, as a distributor, we sell to two people. We sell to obviously the end user customer. They have to believe that we have a good solution. We have good people and, and I believe that we do. But we also sell to our manufacturers. They have to believe we're a good partner, that we represent them fairly, honestly, ethically, and that we bring something to the table so they continue to allow us to be their partner. You can't ever forget them, right? Because without your, your manufacturing partners in our business, you're out of business very quickly. So you have to continue to make sure that they believe that they're making the right decision teaming up with you as their outside selling agency. In the next episode, Gary talks about managing the cultural changes with the introduction of a new CRM system, 
the changes to closure rates and other metrics seen across the sales team, and the pivotal moment when CRM delivered a fundamental shift to the LabRepco business. You've been listening to Talking CRM with Jeff and David, getting the best for the whole organization from your integrated CRM and accounting systems. 